going today guys back here live in the studio one last time this week for another episode hot takes with tp3 i'm your host thomas pimlin joined on friday it's friday the 13th of november by none other than ben gorowitz ben say what's up to everybody how's it going everybody it is friday the 13th which usually does not bring good vibes but you get to listen to us too yeah, we're gonna reverse the good or the bad vibes for good vibes for our bets and the bad vibes on the people who fade us this week. A little recap from last week: um, I finished uh, two and three on college football and one and three in the NFL. Four and six for me. Not a great week for your boy, but hey, bounce back this week. Ben was two and two on college ball and two and zero oh in the NFL. Four and two for him, as well as his parlay that he gave away as a bonus pick on this podcast hit. Good week to be Ben, a bad week to be me, but it's a new week, guys, which means I'm looking to turn everything around. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the games we would usually talk about in college football got canceled. I actually texted Ben and I said, I don't even know what the hell to make of this slate this week. You pick the games and figure it out. Um, but we have well, we threw something together for y'all and we got a great slate for y'all, as always. Let's kick things off here with number two Notre Dame on the road at Boston College. Boston College is a 14-point home dog. Over-under set at 50.5. Notre Dame off probably the biggest win in program history. Ben, where are you going on this one? I mean, you just mentioned it. Notre Dame coming off probably their best win. I mean, I guess one of their national championships is technically their yeah. best win in program history, but this has got to be up there. Um, see, I think Boston College is a team that you're, you're going to get their best shot especially when they play at home. They're, they're a tough-minded football team. They're going to want to run the ball. And I don't think you want to play Notre Dame right now. I, I, I think Notre Dame stops the run very well. I think that's Boston College strength. Notre Dame rushes the passer very well. That is not a strength of Boston College. Their quarterback doesn't move that well. Boston College played Clemson tough with the same quarterback that Notre Dame just faced. And he threw all over Notre Dame. The quarterback for Boston College, I thought he played pretty well against Clemson. I don't think he can do it again, though. Um, I, I think in, I think Notre Dame has a special team this year. I, I hate believing in that, but I don't think Notre Dame will lose to a team or come close to losing a team until they play another team up to their caliber, which wouldn't be until the ACC championship game again. I think Notre Dame has got a good shot to keep this thing going. I really do. Boston College sits at 5-3, 6 in the ACC. Notre Dame's on top of the ACC. I love the way Ian Book's playing right now. And I don't think Ian Book's the type of quarterback that when you get off a big win, he kind of lays an egg. I don't really see that in him. So I, this is not an official play for me. I'm not going to have an official play until I figure out what games they actually want to take with all these cancellations happening. But on the podcast, I think Notre Dame does cover. You said you're taking what, Notre Dame covering? Yeah, I'll take Notre Dame to cover the 14. All right. I'll put you down for Notre Dame minus 14. We're on opposite sides. I'm going Boston College plus 14 on this one. Official play for me. One of my favorite plays of the entire week. I got a lot of information for you all here. So first off, Boston College has this game called the Red Bandana Game, which is for a former um, player on their team that actually died in 9-11, and this is the game where they honor him. Boston College always shows up and shows out in this game. They have never lost in this spot. Obviously, I think they'll probably lose this game. But Switch I think my pick. Switch my pick. That's incredible. Switch it. 
Yeah, there you go right there. Give Ben BC plus 14. That's the, one of the main reasons why I'm on Boston College 14. Also, it's a sandwich game for Notre Dame. You just come off the biggest win you're in your program in our lifetime. Now you got UNC on deck, who's probably your next biggest game you're going to play the rest of this season. It gives a look ahead and slash sandwich spot right here for Notre Dame. Last time Notre Dame beat the number one team in the nation, they lost the next week, and you know who it was too? Boston College. Also, Boston College starting quarterback Phil Dracovic is not only leading a high-powered offense, but he went to Notre Dame out of high school and ended up transferring into Boston College because he couldn't see the field there. This is a revenge game for him. Give me incredible. Boston College. That's incredible. I mean, that's just incredible. It, it really is. I mean, give me Boston College with the points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I figured once I said all that, you would uh, change your mind up pretty quick. I was actually hoping you didn't have any of that information because this is one of my – that was probably my best informed game of the week right there for you on college football. Um, that'll be a fun one to watch, though. Up next is Arkansas at number 17, Florida. Florida 17-point home favorite. Over-under set at 60. I'll start us off with this one. I'm going to go with the dog again in this one. Official play. Give me Arkansas right here. Um, I like Arkansas on the spot just because, one, Florida and Dan Mullen is off. I mean, this is the biggest win in Dan Mullen's history as a coach. Florida been getting their teeth kicked in in the past by Georgia. They finally came out here and had a huge win. Um, also, their best player in uh, Pitts might not play in this game, which I think really hurts them on, uh, hurts them a lot. Arkansas is 8-0 and the last uh, eight games against the spread. Yes, I know Sam Pittman is out because of COVID, but Barry Odom, their defensive coordinator, was the head coach when he was at Missouri. Therefore, he's going to be the guy coaching this game. Also, too, Florida did not play well against Odom. They never scored more than 30 points against him. I think Odom can get them going in this game. A flat spot for Florida. Florida wins this game outright, but they don't cover. If Pitts plays in this game, I'm going to take the over. Um I like I like what Florida's offense looks like right now. I I don't see Arkansas, who's nah, their defense isn't great, but I, I like them in this game. But Arkansas has also been able to put up some points on some teams. I mean, they put up twenty eight against at Auburn. They put up uh, thirty three against Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss's defense isn't good. They put up thirty one at Texas A and M, and they scored twenty four against Tennessee. So this team can score some points. Um, I think I, I wish Pittman was coaching this game, but also I, I, I agree with you. Barry Odom was a head coach last season in the SEC. He's definitely capable of doing this. You want to talk about revenge games. Felipe Franks is the quarterback for Arkansas who was at Florida. So I, I think it. he's I think he's going to want to show what he can do. I, I, if Pitts plays like the over in this game, I don't hate the owner, uh, over if he doesn't play, but you know that is a significant loss for Florida. If he doesn't play, then – um, I think I will take the points with Arkansas with you, but for now I'm going to keep the over in the game. Yeah, I was actually sitting here hoping that you, once I gave you the turn talk, I was like, damn, I forgot to say it's a Felipe Franks revenge game, but that's why me and Ben work together because we pick up the slack for each other. He picked it up for me right there. Next game on the slate, number 10, Wisconsin, goes on the road at Michigan here. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point home dog at the big house, over-under sit at 53-and-a-half. Um, Actually, I'll start us off with this one again. So, Wisconsin hasn't played the last two weeks because of COVID. Their quarterback, Graham Mertz, after he went off against Illinois, could possibly be out still as he would have to quarantine for 21 days. It has not been announced if he'll play or not yet. Um, we also don't know who any of the 10 Wisconsin players are that tested positive. They had over 20 people in the program, 10 coaches, 10 players. We don't know who any of those are. So, I mean, it's kind of a 
I'm just saying, if you want to, if don't be so quick to back Wisconsin off a horrible Michigan performance. I think it's kind of a sketchy game, kind of rolling the dice there. But they also think it's a good opportunity to buy low on Michigan. I actually shot Ben a text earlier this week, and I said, call me crazy, but I kind of like Michigan. He said, I'm calling you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it's a buy low spot on Michigan. I mean, the way I look at it, I watched that Indiana game until it became unwatchable mid-third quarter, and Joe Milton had wide receivers running open down the field the whole game. He just couldn't hit a broadside of a barn when he was throwing the ball. Michigan defense looked awful. They committed a lot of penalties on third downs as well, couldn't get out of their own way, couldn't get off the field. Um, ultimately, I think this is a good game not to bet because if Wisconsin actually comes out here, I think Wisconsin could beat the doors off of them just if Michigan's given up and you know is kind of out on this season. But at the same time, if Michigan were to have a time to rally and get a big win, this would be it right here. You know, This is Harbaugh probably preaching, nobody believes in us, nobody believes in me. He's got to get all the players to buy in if he's any kind of motivator. This is his spot. Also, too, Wisconsin's only played an awful Illinois team. And, I mean, they didn't look like your typical Wisconsin ground-and-pound team. They were throwing the ball and using kind of trick trickery and stuff to get yardage. I don't know necessarily if that's going to work. I think this is a better game not to bet at all and to watch. But to me, it's Michigan or pass. Uh, I think you just said it best. I, I don't have a play on this right now. There, there's so much uncertainty with Wisconsin. I guess the good news about this game is that it doesn't start until 7.30 Eastern time. So, honestly, I'm going to wait until until the day starts just to find out who is playing for this Wisconsin team. I like that you brought up that they haven't played in two weeks. I mean, that that can't be any kind of advantage any way you look at it. We have no idea if the quarterback – I don't understand. I don't know. I don't even know how to follow these Big Ten protocols. I don't know if it's 21 <laughs> days. I, I, he's tested negative is, is what I've read. So I, I don't understand this. Trevor Lawrence apparently tested negative, but he was allowed on the sideline. Yeah, that made no sense. Talk, and he was talking to players with, with – he was pulling the mask down. I, I have no – I don't understand what's going on in college football. I'm just going to look at the games that don't have a postponed or cancellation by them, and I'm going to give my best effort on those games. Uh, this is a no play for me. I, I have no faith. I, I, I called you crazy because you are crazy. I don't, I don't understand how we could have any faith in Michigan or Harbaugh. But I agree with you that it is a buy-low spot because of what Wisconsin has showed. I have no idea how to wrap my brain around this game. It, it's going to be a no play for me, to be honest with you. Uh, the under, maybe? I mean, Michigan can't score. Wisconsin, I, I don't know. I don't know what Wisconsin's offense even looks like. They've only played one game. And it was with a quarterback who's only played one game. So there's no <laughs> yeah. there's too much, there's no consistency to follow with Wisconsin right now. So this is going to be a no play with me. I, I mean, this is 7.30 on primetime. It, it, does it deserve a primetime game? I don't even know. But there's not much to put on primetime this week. So... Congratulations, Big Ten. You get a primetime game. You better hope Michigan doesn't embarrass themselves again. Hey, I'm in complete agreement with you on everything you said there, Ben. You know, we, we don't know what we're going to get in this game. Honestly, though, if that Mertz is out, I don't think I would hesitate to pull the trigger on Michigan here as a home dog. I just think, I don't know. It, it, it's just a weird game in general. I can't play anything on that one. Um, up next is Northwestern, who, in my opinion, should be ranked at Purdue. Purdue's a two-and-a-half-point home dog. I actually saw it move to some threes because I put all these all these notes in at about 12 p.m. today. Um, Over-under set at 50-and-a-half. I'll let you go first on this one. You playing anything here? This is another weird game. I mean, you look at Purdue, and they the uh, their last game um, on Halloween, they played at Illinois, the same Illinois team that – we just talked about Wisconsin played 
and they won, they won in a close game, 31-24. Um, their quarterback did look good, through for three, I think 370 yards. Week one, they played Iowa, who we thought Iowa was going to be a good team. Purdue wins that game without their coach and without Rondell Moore. They win 24-20. So I, I don't know what to think of Purdue right now. Is their quarterback capable of being good? Is he not capable of being good? I know that um, Northwestern has won five of the last six in this matchup, I believe. This game's at Purdue, which, I mean, I think benefits them in some way. Northwestern, you say, uh, should be ranked, and they are ranked. They're number 23. Oh, really? They looked, yeah, they're 23. They looked great against Maryland. They won 43-3. to but that's not the same Maryland team that we've seen since that game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened with Maryland there. I don't think it's a fair uh, fight to judge Northwestern on that game. They then beat at Iowa. That's a common game that Purdue had. They both won. But Northwestern didn't look great. They won by one point, And they just beat a, a pretty bad uh, – I mean, do you consider Nebraska bad? I mean, they're not good. but They're like your average team, you know. Northwestern won the game 21-3. So I don't think the 43 points that they scored against Maryland is really who this Northwestern team is. Give me the under in this game. I, I don't trust either offenses right now. I, I, have no, I have no idea what Purdue's defense, if it's any good. But I'm going to take the under in this game because I don't believe in any any of the offenses. They're not putting up major points. And this is just a weird season. So mark me down for the under. But, uh, you know... For the game, I, I, I like I, – I'm not going to take this, but I like Purdue. I mean, I, I don't think Northwestern's a team that like 4-0 Northwestern just doesn't sound right off my tongue. <laughs> it, they've dominated this series. I think that puts a marker uh, Purdue. I think they circle a game like this on their schedule. Give me the under, but, you know, if I had to pick a play in the game, I'm interested to see what you put, but I would take the home dog. But, you know, mark me down just for the under. Yeah, I actually ended up playing Northwestern in this game, and I actually considered taking the under. The under barely missed my card. It was honestly the like the, it would have been my last pick that I would have taken if I didn't take one of the other ones. There's gonna be 19 mile per hour wind, which favors you, Ben. Also, like you said, you know I think Purdue's fraudulent, man. I really don't think Iowa's good at all. Like last week, I wanted to fade them and Michigan State, and of course they're both playing each other. That's why tonight I can't pick anything in that Minnesota and Iowa game. I like what I've seen, though, from Peyton Ramsey and Northwestern. I'm confident in them being able to move the ball up and down the field. So Northwestern played um, – yeah, it was Iowa they played. They gave up two – they they muffed a punt and gave up a pick six against Iowa and still were able to come back down 21-0 and beat them. Iowa pretty much didn't score anything. Purdue is very fraudulent. I don't think Purdue's offense is going to be able to do anything to move up and down the field here. I think Peyton Ramsey and Northwestern will be able to get some points up. I like 24-10 Northwestern wins this game and moves on to 4-0, as weird as that sounds, 4-0 Northwestern. I mean, listen, I I love the sound of, of that. I mean, I know a couple people that are uh, that went to Northwestern. I'd be happy for them to be 4-0. And, you know, I agree with what you said. I mean, I don't think Purdue's offense is anything what it should be, especially if Rondell Moore was there, which is why I think it favors the under, especially with the wind. I don't want to be a weather um, – I don't even know the word I'm thinking of. but Meteorologist. Like, well, I mean, that like I don't want to just like see that there's 19 mile per hour winds and just automatically take the under. That's not yeah. why I'm taking the under. It is a factor in it, but um, that's not that's not you know the reason why I don't think either. I mean, I, I I agree with what you said. I like the way Ramsey and Northwestern have been moving the football, but I don't think Purdue is going to contribute that much. 
I don't think Northwestern's a team that you really see scoring like 35 or more points. I think that was kind of a fluke against Maryland, to be honest with you. They're a team that I think is going to try and play good defense. I think they want 30 points or under is what you're going to get from them most games. So, I, I you know, that's kind of why I'm going with the under. Hey, no, I agree with you. I, so it's when it gets over 18-mile-per-hour wind or more is when wind becomes a huge factor. And like you said, Ben, I think it's a good play here because not only does the under match both these teams' playing styles, but the weather gives you a crutch, honestly. Man, you're making me really want to pull the trigger on this one. I'm going to have to keep my hands off it for a little while and see what happens to me at the 12 o'clock slate. This game is not until 5 p.m., so it's at a weird time, too. So if you're not having a great day, we got two bets for you guys to hop on at a weird time, maybe get a little space or whatnot in your balance. Anyway, let's flip things over here now to the NFL after we went through the light college football card. Um, we got first game on here. In my opinion, the best game of the entire Sunday, Seahawks at the Rams, spread Rams minus two, over under 54 and a half. Ben, I'll let you start us off on this one. Yeah, so this is going to be a weird game. The injury report that came out Thursday does not look good for the Seahawks, but it's not official. Um, a lot of the, a lot of these players that I'm about to rattle off are considered from Pete Carroll to be a wait and see, which is a game time decision. So I'm not going to have an official play on this, but I will say why I'm leaning towards the uh, towards the Rams. Uh, what was the spread? They were the dog, the home dog. Um, no, the Rams are minus two. They're the home favorite. Okay, so and I think that has to do with what I'm about to say. So the Thursday injury report for the Seahawks is ugly. It has Chris Carson with a foot injury, Carlos Hyde is a hamstring injury, the center with a concussion. Corner Shaquille Griffin with a concussion and a hamstring and Quentin Dunbar with a knee as well as linebacker KJ Wright. Those are all considered to be wait and see game time decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, those are massive players. Those are both running backs for the Seahawks. I don't think that's as big because I think Homer and I think DJ Dallas are, are good enough for what you, know, you just let Russ cook. You let him throw the football a little bit more than he might. Um, I think those are huge losses with K.J. Wright. He's been a leader of that uh, defense linebacker core for many years now. When you're missing both corners, that that screams a field day for the receivers on the other end. I like McVay coming off a bye week, um, to be be honest with you. I I really think he's a smart coach. I think he's a really, really educated and smart and methodical offensive coordinator. I think he calls plays the right way for Goff. You see a lot of motion when you watch – um, the Rams offense, you see a lot of misdirection kind of plays. You see a lot of jet sweeps. Seahawks defense isn't good to begin with. So I, for now, it's not going to be an official play, but I'm going to lean towards the Rams in this game. Um, Official play for me, NFL game of the week on the Rams. I agree with everything you said, Ben. Seahawks beat up, Rams off a bye. McVay, in my opinion, top three coach in the league. Rams are 5-1 and one the last six times they played Seattle at home. But honestly, here's my main reason right here. Seattle is 32nd in the league against the pass. The one thing that they're the worst at, the Rams, I would say, is throwing the ball. I'd say like that's their one weakness is Jared Goff. Jared Goff should have no problem here. Seattle gets no pressure on the quarterback. They have a great offensive line here for the Rams. Everybody's going to be healthy. I look for the Rams to run the ball down their throat and pass the ball when they need to and get all kinds of yards they need to. I mean, these numbers on the Seattle defense are horrible. 30th in total score, 32nd against the pass, um, 24th in time on the field, 32nd in number of plays, 28th in YPP. I expect Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to wreak havoc on them along with Higby and Ever and uh, Golson or whatever. Gerald Everett, there we go. I had all kinds of players' names mixed up there. But 
I expect the Rams to be able to move the ball up and down the field here with no problems, not to mention this. The flip side of things for defense, the Rams are second in total score, second in pass, or in, uh, pass yards, fifth in rush yards, eighth in time on the field, eighth in number plays, number one in YPP. This is the worst defense in the league going up against the best defense in the league, arguably the best offense going against the best defense. All that being said, I love the advantage the Rams have on offense. This defense is going to get to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's been turning the ball. He has seven turnovers over his last three games. Expect more of that to happen. Aaron Donald's going to wreak havoc this game. Give me the Rams. But, I mean, this is it's, – it's weird because if you really take a deep dive into the Rams' schedule, right, you know, let's, let's go through their wins, okay? Dallas, at Philly, New York Giants, Washington football team, and the Chicago Bears. Not a single team I just named is a quality football team. In fact, every team I just named, is, except for the Bears, is in the NFC East, which is by far the worst division. Mm-hmm. And the, Bear, the Bears are basically a stepbrother they, they, of the NFC East. They're that bad. They could be in the NFC East, and I wouldn't be uh, – you know, they're 5-2, and two, and I wouldn't even be um, too uh, – like I, I don't think they'd be the clear favorite. Uh, the Bears are terrible in offense. And every team in the NFC East is terrible. Let's go through the uh, Rams' losses real quick. At Buffalo, I mean, it, it's a good loss. They only lost by three. Yeah, they but that's a good one. Correct, but that's a team that's considered very good, a very good playoff team, a contender, and they lost. They then lost to the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran. I believe that was the game that Jimmy G came back for the first time. Uh, I'm not 100% on my memory on that. I mean, I don't consider the 49ers to be that good, but they're okay. And then they just lost to Miami this past week against Tua. And Miami, I'm going to consider a good team. So they don't have a win that just – I mean, this would be it, I guess, beating Seattle. But Seattle's defense is terrible. But Seattle is a good team. So the schedule is going to get really hard for the Rams coming up. They have Seattle this week. They then on Monday Night Football go at Tampa Bay. They play San Fran again. They should win that game. They go at Arizona, tough game. They play New England, should win it. The Jets should win it at Seattle again, and then home against um, Arizona to finish the year. So we're really going to find out who this Rams team is and what Sean McVay can get out of them. I mean, it starts this week. Can you beat Seattle in a game that you're favored to win? I I think that is the most important. You take it week by week. The schedule is going to be a gauntlet um, for the rest of the season. So you got to take it week by week. It starts with Seattle this week at home. So I, I think I like McVay off a of bye week. I'm pretty sure I'm going to take it. I just haven't locked it in yet. Yeah, and just because we've been on this game for a minute, I'm not going to go through Seattle's whole schedule. But on the flip side of things, Seattle's Seattle has beaten no one this season. They actually have played one of the easiest schedules in the entire league. So it's kind of a battle of two teams that really haven't played anybody and really don't have a big-time signature win. So... All that makes me love the Rams even more in this game. It's going to be a fun one to watch, like we said. I mean, honestly, this is the most loaded 4 o'clock card I've ever seen. There's six games at 4, only four at 1 o'clock. Obviously, your primetime games as well. Next game up on here is Bills and Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are a 2.5-point home favorite. Over-under set at 56.5. I'm going to start this one off. 
First off, if you bet this game, personally, I don't even know how the hell you're finding an edge in this game. Yes, Buffalo's dominated this series historically. I don't think any of that matters. These are completely different teams. They only play each other once every four years, so none of that really even matters. Um, I would just lean towards the Bills just because the Bills, you know, I feel like they've played a lot better schedule. The Cardinals are another one of these teams where they really haven't played a big schedule. They really haven't beaten anyone. The best win is against Seattle, who in my opinion are frauds. They lost at home to the Dolphins last week. I mean, you would assume the Cardinals wouldn't lose back-to-back weeks at home, but at the same time, I personally like Buffalo, man. I feel like Buffalo was dealt a bad hand with those two weird games back-to-back that they both ended up losing against Kansas City and against the Titans. It was weird scheduling. I mean, those game, the Kansas City game got moved from Thursday to Monday. They didn't even know if they were playing the Titans till the day of. After those games, I mean, it took them even that week against the Jets to get back right. I mean, they dominated Seattle last week. Everyone was saying, oh, Seattle could have come back. I mean, shit, they were beating they were beating their ass, and then Seattle started to come back a little bit, and then they started to blow them out again. Russell Wilson was a turnover machine in that game. The Bills are flying around. I look for the Bills to come in here confident and ready to go. They also, you know, can kind of use the same, like, I mean, think about it. Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are both pretty similar quarterbacks. They can take a lot of that again into this week. I like the Bills to win here and cover. So are you is that are you taking that? Um, not an official, no official play for me on this game, but I'm just just for the sake of leaning on some way, I'm gonna say the Bills. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I I can't find an edge in this game. I I if Buda Baker can't go in this game because I don't, I think he was limited in practice this week. Maybe didn't practice earlier in the week. Then I would. Then I think the line changes, and I think you take Buffalo for sure. But and I texted, I texted you about this about the Cardinals game last week. DeAndre Hopkins was barely targeted mm-hmm. in the game. In the first half, I don't know if he even had a single target. Wow. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk showed that I mean, he's here to stay, and the Christian Kirk is now considered a good player. He's had he's had a good season, and Fitz is always good for. I'll I'll give Fitz probably three catches in the game. So I look for them to really target DeAndre uh, Hopkins right out of the gate. I, I don't really know what I, – I don't know if he wasn't open or if Kyler was just trying to have him to scramble out of the pocket. I mean, I, I, it, it was weird. I love the way Buffalo played last week against Seattle for all the reasons you said. I don't really look into the fact that Seattle was coming back um, because Buffalo turned it on and it really wasn't close throughout the game. It's hard to not take Buffalo as an underdog. I, I really like them as an underdog. I think I think I could see this as an over game, but I'm not going to play that. For now, I don't have a play. Um, but I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm going to lean towards Buffalo as the underdog in the points. Hey, we're both thinking the same thing on that one, Ben. Probably no official play from either of us that one, but regardless, it's going to be a great one to watch on Sunday. Just because you don't have action on it doesn't mean you can't watch it and enjoy as a fan. Um, up next is the Chargers at the Dolphins on here. Dolphins, one-and-a-half-point home favorite. Kind of a weird line, in my opinion. Over-under set at 48-and-a-half. Um, I'll let you go on go first on this one again. So this is a battle of the two quarterbacks that are in the same class. Yep. Uh, Justin Herbert is obviously the starter and is the starter of the future. Um, and Tua Tungvaloa for the Dolphins. Did not start beginning of the year. Has started the past two games and is 2-0. and I don't think you can trust the Chargers. I, I hate this line. I, I agree with you. Like I, I don't like the line. So I don't know what I'm going to do with this game, but I'm going to find a way and take the Dolphins in this game. Um, I, I think the Dolphins are just I, they're the team of destiny. I mean, I, with spreads. I mean, they're just great with, with spreads. They're great at covering them when they're an underdog, and they have been good at covering them when they have been the favorite, which probably isn't too often. But 
I like the way Tua's playing. You and I have talked about the past two weeks. It's hard to bet against this Miami defense. And mm-hmm. I think they have an experienced defense. I think they have a lot of players who have played a lot of football. Uh, Kyle Van Noy uh, is playing a lot of football. Their two corners have played a lot of football. And they're getting after the quarterback right now. And I don't think that sets up very well for a rookie quarterback. Now, Tua has done pretty well in a small sample size against a four-man blitz. Herbert has done well against the blitz. It's just, can he do it against an experienced coach? Brian Flores calls, I think he calls a really good defensive game. I think Kyle Van Noy is a, is a leader vocally on the defense. I think you have experienced corners who, in a small sample size, when they play together, have forced a turnover in every game that they've played together so far. So, honestly, I think the Miami Dolphins defense keeps it going. I, I like what I see from Tua. I, I like what I see from Herbert, but it's not he's not getting wins. So, I mean, I think a big matchup to watch in this game is Keenan Allen, who's one of the best route runners in the league against either Howard or Jones. I don't know who's going to match up on him. Whoever does, it's a, it's a tough matchup uh, for Keenan Allen. I, I think Herbert's going to have to find someone else to help him in this game. I don't know what pick I'm going to have in this game. I might tell you whatever you say if you're taking the Dolphins' side, but I, I don't see a point in taking or picking against this Dolphins' defense right now, so I'm going to lean towards the Dolphins'. Ben, I'm rocking with the Dolphins. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. So Are you taking are you taking the number though? Or what Yeah, what, I'm gonna take your, Okay. I'm gonna take the one and a half. Might as well eat the honestly, I actually will say this. I don't buy points usually. I will buy the hook though to get down to one, even if it's Thank minus one twenty. Just cause like I mean, if if they won by one point and you lose by the hook, it's the worst feeling in the world. Put me down put me down for minus one. All right, all right, yeah, I love it, love it. We're both going Dolphins minus one. That is going to be price. I will say this. If it goes to two, I'll just eat the two points, but I'll buy the one, buy the hook to not have one and a hook. Um, pretty much what you said. To be honest with you, I don't have any crazy stats or anything I'm going to throw at you guys for liking the Dolphins here. Personally, I think this Dolphins defense has been playing very well. I think they stay hot here and give Herbert a tough time. It's going to be hot and humid. The Chargers are lucky this game's at 4 o'clock and not at 1 o'clock because then they would be, have that weird travel and everything coming from the West Coast. But honestly, I just think the Dolphins are on a roll right now. I think this team's rallied behind Tua. I think last week was a huge win. I don't think they let down here, though. I think they kind of see this Herbert versus Tua, and I think both guys come out and play hard. I just think this Dolphins defense, like you said, Xavier Howard right now is second in the league in interceptions. Um, Byron Jones has been in there. Emmanuel Agua is currently tied for second in the league in sacks. I think they get after it this week. And honestly, though, one and a half or one point tells me this is going to be a close game. Can you really bet on Anthony Lynn to pull out a close game after what we've seen? It's just like the Falcons, man. This team is cursed with Anthony Lynn as the head coach. They need to go ahead and get him out of there. He cannot pull off an, uh, off a close game. I like Anthony Lynn. I like what I saw from him in hard knocks. He just can't win at the end of the game. I bet this game will be close and be tight, which tells me the Dolphins are going to win because I don't think the Chargers can win a close game. And I, I kind of feel bad for Anthony. I don't think Anthony... Do you think Anthony Lynn would get fired if this, if this continues? I mean, they're not a playoff team. They weren't going to be a playoff team even if Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback. So I don't think him not making the playoffs is a fireable offense. It's just the way he's losing probably doesn't look good, but I would be pretty disappointed in the Chargers' decision to fire him, to be honest with you. I don't think he deserves to be fired. I think you have to let him try and work with the young quarterback. I mean – but I could see why they would fire him. But I don't think they. I don't think they will. I don't think it's fair to fire him. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of like that Dan Quinn thing two years ago when the Falcons lost all those close games. I think it's going to pretty much be the exact same situation once again. Anthony Lynn will get another year. I'll probably give him another year. I don't think he's a terrible coach. He just can't. It's kind of like Dan Quinn, man. He just can't win at the end of the game. You don't, I don't know what it is. It's just one of those weird things for some coaches. Anyway, the last game on our slate, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fresh off getting blown out on the road at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina plus six over under 55 and a half. I'll start us off here. I love the Carolina Panthers. This was probably my second closest game to be in my NFL game of the week here. They're five and two against the spread the last seven times they played Tampa at home. Um, it's a revenge spot for them after, off the Buccaneers' lucky cover when um, they had the long touchdown run when they're trying to run the clock out by Fournette. Then, of course, Mike Davis doesn't know how to run out of bounds and he gets steady fire to fight for two yards and doesn't get me my back door when he gets tackled on the one yard line. I'm still a little salty about that one, Mike, but. Anyway, I don't think C-Mac matters or not being being out of here. They're going to check down the back a ton, use their running back a ton. Mike Davis did a great job filling in for him. I think Carolina is a great team to bet on as an underdog, like I've been saying. Carolina, when, they don't, when they're an underdog, Teddy Bridgewater is now 23-5 and against the spread as an underdog. I think more of that continues. They're going to be able to move the ball on Tampa Bay, who's still kind of figure out their identity. Tampa Bay doesn't really run the ball that much. Weird game plan, only running the ball five times last week. Ultimately, I think Carolina keeps it inside the number. I mean, it was seven and a half week two, and now here we are now in week 10, and it's only six, and Carolina's at home this time. All that tells me and all that points to Carolina. I think Teddy Two Gloves keeps it inside the number. I don't think they win necessarily, though. And so, you know, quick recap on the box. Um, two weeks ago when they played the Giants at, at the Giants on um, – was that Monday Night Football? Or yeah, it was Monday Night uh, and they only won 25-23. I came on the podcast and I said, I don't think the Bucks they, they didn't play a good game, obviously. It's an obvious statement. I don't think they played their game. Well, then they followed that up with another bad performance. So, I don't know if I have a good read on this team. I mean, I really don't. I thought Same. them, I thought them, I mean, they lost to the Bears by one point. They looked bad. And really, you go before that, they didn't look good against the, um, they haven't looked that good since week two. I mean, they beat the Broncos at the Broncos 28 to 10. I don't think that's, I mean, it's, you know, it's 18 points, but I don't think it's, they didn't look great. They then only beat the Chargers by seven. They lost to the Bears after that. They then blew out the Packers. I was like, maybe they're finding their stride, right? They follow up, I mean, they follow that Packers win with a great win at, uh, I almost said at Oakland, but at the Vegas Raiders. They're hitting their stride, and then the past two games they go at the Giants and at the Saints, but they lay an egg. I mean, so I don't have a good read on this team, but just like you said, there's no reason not to bet Teddy as an underdog. He's 23 and five, like you said. They've kept they've kept most of their games close. I mean, if you really look at their schedule, they have kept games close. They have covered a lot of their games. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm going to take Teddy. I'm going to take the Panthers. I know that you love Joe Brady, and there is a reason. I mean, there's a good reason why you love Joe Brady. He's calling the plays. Matt Rule, I don't know if he calls any plays. He, he called them in college. They're not great at home. I mean, they're 1-3 at home, but they are covering at home. So I, I'm going to take Teddy. I'm going to take this team. Um, it, the only thing that worries me is I, I would feel a lot more comfortable if I knew about McCaffrey. Um, do you, have you heard of his plan or not? He re, he injured he's his shoulder. Sure. He's out. Okay. So I don't think it's huge because the Panthers have played a majority of the season without mm -hmm. him and they, and they have covered as an underdog a lot. 
So I, I think Mike Davis, you, you you plug him back in. I think he does his thing. I think you can trust Teddy, but Teddy just doesn't win games usually. Um, so I'm going to take the 23-5 number like you mentioned, and I, I'm going to agree with you. I know that we haven't had all the all the best of luck in agree, uh, when we agree in games, but hopefully we turn that around this week because I know that we're agreeing on this. Uh, we agreed on the Dolphins, and um, we agreed on Boston College. So hopefully we turn our luck around – I'm going to take the Panthers. Hey, I love it, Ben. I, I personally don't mind it when we're both on the same side here. I think we're both on the right side in this one, and we'll end up cashing this one. Any Anything else you want to talk about before we get up out of here? I actually think a trap game of the week okay. um, is going to be the Monday Night Football game. It's, it's Minnesota, who is running the football very, very well. Dalvin Cook is very, very good. Um and they're playing at the Bears, and the Bears, who obviously can't score, their rush defense is not. I mean, I don't know if you know off the top of your head where they rank, but it's not bad. Pull it up right now. Um, yeah, well, unless I'm just – unless maybe the eye test is failing me, I'll wait for you to give me the number on that. Um, but I actually think this could be a trap game. I, you, I think you look at this game and you see the Bears being awful, right? And you see the, the Vikings being able to – the run. So middle of the pack. Yeah. Um which is like horrible. So, I mean, you should look at this game and you see that the Vikings have put up some points. Dalvin Cook has gone off. Um, you know, Kurt Cousins, Kurt Cousins should be able to throw the ball. I don't – this just seems like a letdown game from Kurt Cousins. I, I do want to warn people on being a little cautious on that game. I'm not saying take the Bears. I'm just saying don't look at this and be like, the Vikings should blow them out. They're playing – I mean, the Vikings are – I hate to say this, but are they peaking right now? I kind of think they are. Absolutely. I mean, I think Dalvin Cook is the type of running back that day in and day out, I think you can rely on him, but I don't expect him to run for 200-plus yards every single game for three or more touchdowns. So I want to warn people, take a deep breath. I know the Bears don't score a lot of points, so maybe you want to take the under. But I, I don't want to rush to take the Vikings in this game. I think it is kind of a trap game. Yeah, I actually agree with you completely. I'm taking the Bears plus three. And, I mean, if you look at it this way, man, the Vikings, yeah, they beat the Packers. That was off a bye. I mean, that's kind of a big rivalry game. It happens sometimes. Then they beat the fraudulent Lions. In my opinion, the Vikings are being overvalued here. I would but it's, take... it's more it's it's more for me and in, in why I was saying that. It's more – it's not that they're winning these games. It's kind of the way they've been winning them. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook has run over all over the Packers and the Lions. And I know that those two teams aren't necessarily great at defense, but putting up the numbers he's put up, I mean, those are video game numbers, right? Can he keep it going? Absolutely. He's one of the best running backs in the league. So I think you look at this and you say the Bears aren't that good. Dalvin Cook is clearly on his on his game right now. And that's where it worries me. So I don't know if I trust the Bears with three points because I can see the Vikings just beating them because the Bears can't score. So – it's weird for me, like in my head right now, I'm leaning Vikings minus three, but also the under in the game, which I know is kind of weird when you take the better team to cover. You think that they're going to put up a lot of points sometimes, but I'm going to have to look a little bit more into this game. It, it It's just, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, to me, I, I don't think the Bears are three points worse. I mean, the Bears are more than three points worse than the Vikings, don't you think? Absolutely. No, no, no. So what, I'd, I'd say that's probably a pretty you, fair line. Also, too, okay, okay. I saw a stat that um the Bears, their last um, – or it was the Bears, their last um, 
22 times they played the Vikings at home were um, 19 and three straight up against them. And they played as the favorite in almost all those. So here we are now as the underdog. I mean, I just think it's a home underdog. Monday Night Football, nobody wants a touch, wants a part in the Bears. I mean, shoot, the Bears even have a better record than them. I think it's got to be Bears here. Wow, I didn't even realize they had a better record. I mean, the Bears are so—they're such frauds. I mean, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's so obvious how fraud, how fraudulent they are. So, I just—I I think it's a trap game. But that—that's all I had. I, my card. I'm sorry, people. It's not—it's not much. It, it's kind of light. I might add a couple more on my Twitter, but. Especially for college football, I mean, it's so light. I I have no confidence in these college football games. I don't know who's playing. I don't know, I don't know what games are playing. I don't know when <laughs> Bama's going to play next. I have no idea what's happening in college football. I don't think college football has any idea. So, I apologize for the light card, but been a little bit of a hot streak. Uh, I can tweet my picks out. I don't consider myself a handicapper, um, but I you know made over a hundred dollars this past week. So, do with that what you will. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just like Ben. I'm a little disappointed in what we got this week for college football. But, Ben, I appreciate you coming on and helping me out once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And hopefully we can get this college football situation figured out a little bit more so that we can really start to ramp it up back up again. Because, you know, college football was, was, sitting, uh, it was sitting pretty for a little while, and, and it's, it's getting ugly right now. Um, it, it's getting ugly. Hey, always better times to come. Once again, appreciate everyone who tuned in this podcast, and we'll talk to you all again soon.